Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming guy, the grounded one himself, Corey. Today, I'm with Joe. How's it going, Joe? Hey, what's up, guys? And also today, we have Roberto. Hey, how's everyone doing? So, as you guys know, Game Stuff is a uh, gaming podcast for gamers by gamers. Uh, We come here every week to talk about, you guessed it, games. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about Switch ports, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I mean, I know Roberto sometimes would like to talk about the movies as well, um, but, you know, we're here to talk about games. So, as always, guys, before we get started, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. So, I will let Joe kick it off this week. Oh, wow. I was actually hoping you would go first. Oh, well, I mean, mine's pretty easy. I mean, if we want to start, as you guys know... Uh, the it, it's all about add-ons this week for me. Um, I played the new Ghost free update. Now I did not play New Game Plus. I played Legends mode. What a mode! I can't believe this is free. This feels like a whole another game. This could have been a game on its own. I would have paid thirty dollars for this. Uh, it's the Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, they've come up with a multiplayer mode which allows me to play co-op with my friends like Andy from Dual Screens. Uh, and my uh, other great friends. Uh, we can play a two-player entire story mode. Uh, there's also a um, wave-based mode, survival, um, which you can play. And then come October the 30th, uh, October, th- Jesus Christ, October the 30th, um, I'm going to be, the raid comes out, which I can't wait to enjoy that. Um, this brings out a whole new element to the game. Um, I think it's, really neat they've taken taken the best from a lot of other squad based games or other games that take uh classing um they've made it better i like the idea that there is a grind but not like a crazy grind like there is in destiny i don't have to do the destiny grind where i like oh let's level up this character to max rank oh and then i have to get all the gear and then like all my gear can go from one guy to the other guy it doesn't matter so if i'm on a gold missions i can still do gold missions as my other characters i don't have to sit there and Oh, uh, now I have to play the assassin. I guess I have better have hope I have good assassin gear. Um, you don't have to do that in this game type, which is really nice. Um, the game really expands on it. Um, and also they gave us New Game Plus. I haven't played much into that, but from what I've heard, the New Game Plus is phenomenal. Um, other than that, uh, the other thing, uh, the new Pokemon expansion came out. I have to say I've already beat it. Um, it was good. Um, as everybody knows, uh, for some odd reason, Pokemon seems to this new Pokemon seems to have this pull on me where something new comes out and I dive into it and I don't come out until it's done. Um, new legendaries, new raid mode, um, and just a new area to explore. Um, I do like the idea of them bringing a lot of the classic legendary Pokemon that were so uh, hard to catch and bringing story to that. 
as well as being able to have all those Pokemon in the game. I think it's like 150 new Pokemon, which is just crazy. Um, I know, Joe, you played a little bit of this, right? The Crown, the Crown yeah. Tundra? Yeah, yeah. It's like 205 new Pokemon, dude. It's a yeah. lot. It's crazy. It's like lot. Every time I look around, there's a new Pokemon. It's, it's insane. Um, and the story mode of this is actually was pretty good, too. Um, I really like the idea that um, they gave us a little tiny like adventure kind of mode and made it really neat. It seems it instead of just throwing us, hey, here's a new world, go catch a new Pokemon. They actually add story every time to this, which I really like the idea of them doing that. And then now because of Pokemon Home being integrated with the new Pokemon Sword and Shield and allowing us to use Pokemon Go and stuff like that or trade Pokemon on the go. It actually really kind of uh, makes this a lot more interesting, that is for sure. Um, so I'm really excited to continue playing that and getting farther in that whole side of things. Um, and the only other game that I played since we haven't talked about games for two weeks is uh, Roberto was nice enough to uh, let give me a code for a game called uh, Going Under, uh, which is a roguelike uh, game. Um, I don't know the... De- I- can't remember the name of the developers uh but it is a roguelike game that's more cartoony graphics it's a great little game i was actually quite surprised i really thought that i was going to be a little underwhelmed uh due to the graphics and the way it looked just thinking it was going to be like okay this game's not much effort but um the symbolism behind this game and the way they've built it up um you start working for a company that in itself i thought was like a starbucks apple uh except you make soda drinks and then it talks about the hierarchy of you having to go downstairs and kill monsters. And uh, it's not that bad because they're just monsters. And you find out that those were old existing things that had died off, like projects that were big at one point, like a Bitcoin. And then there was a Tinder. So it's like, oh, these big things that were huge at one point have kind of died off. So they go underneath the basement. So it's kind of really neat little symbolism in that. And the game... Uh, can be as hard as you want or as easy as you want based on them giving you aids and everything like that. And I really like the combat system and it makes it so that it's a roguelike where it's the first roguelike I've played where it doesn't just tell you, hey, you have to be this good. It's saying, hey, if you want to make this easier, go ahead, which I really liked and enjoyed. But yeah, that's what I've played. Uh, Joe, now we'll go to you. All right, so... Uh, I had to look up what I I had to look up. You can't talk about Hyrule Warriors. I can talk about whatever I want. (laughs) So I'll start with my weekly Hyrule Warriors update, because now now you now you piss me off, so now I'm going to. So weekly Hyrule Warriors update. Uh Link is now level 105. I also have 109 hours on the game. So yeah, I played a lot of Hyrule Warriors. I think I played like 10 hours in the last week or so. Um, but let's start with what I've actually played well, in the last. Well, two I weeks. just want to ask a question because you you told me sure. uh, the how how far the completionist is in this game, and oh, yeah, thousand, he's a thousand hours deep now, and he still hasn't beaten everything in the game. That's just crazy that the idea that there's think, that much content. This, I don't know if the switch clocks out at nine hundred ninety nine hours either. I think it does. I don't think it goes over a thousand. So he might have put more than a thousand. It's just that it doesn't say. Well, no, he he records all his footage, so he knows exactly how many hours. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, but 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 beyond that, I mean, I played a lot of stuff in the last two weeks. We'll start off with uh, a game that once again, um, Roberto, you know, supplied me with a code as well. Um, 
and it's from Future Labs, and the game is uh, Peaky Blinders Mastermind, and it was for the PS4, and I have to say, I didn't know what to expect going into this game. I saw that it was like a synchronous puzzle game where you could control multiple characters and solve puzzles, and I was very intrigued, and then I played it, and I was like, this is a damn good game. Roberto, did you actually play this? Yeah, yeah, I played and reviewed it for Marooners Rock, and... It is really, really good. Yeah. It, it, this is it, a solid puzzle game. Yeah. It, it, I, I will admit that Future Lab has a way of really thinking outside the box to, with in regards to its conventions. Uh, like, for example, their biggest game was Velocity 2X. Well, Velocity and Velocity 2X, and they, they took the shmup genre and turned it a bit on its head with the teleportation mechanics, and then they only expanded upon that with Velocity 2X, particularly towards the end of the game when you can control two ships at once. Uh, which was very, like, it took getting used to, but was very, very innovative. So they have a really good penchant on being able to think outside of time manipulation and character pathways and action regarding time. And so, like the show, like I said, that this yeah, this deals with, like, gangs in early 1930s or 20s. 1930s, 1920s, around that time. And I really want to watch the show now. Like, that's yeah. the cool thing about this, is it takes place before the show. And there's like six or seven seasons of this show, apparently. Yeah, there's like a plethora of show to watch here. So I'm I'm excited to like dive deeper into this. But just to give like a general like synopsis of what this game is, it's a it's kind of like a mob group and they, they work together and they kind of like take down other mob groups. And basically, the cool thing about it is like you can control different characters at different times, but it's all asynchronous. So like basically it's all at the same time and you can rewind time. Like you open a door with one character and you hold down like the X button and like you hold it down for like three or four seconds and then you rewind time past that and then take the other character, line them up near the door and let the time pass and then the door will open and you go through the door with that. Oh, character. Okay, so is it kind of like it's the right. idea that you're you're controlling all the characters at the same time, but like they're so like you, you, you tell them time. you tell them all the what to do at the same time and then. You watch not them at all the same, yeah, not at the same time. Basically, I can control one character at a time, but yeah. I can rewind time. And basically, it's kind of like an audio track, really. Like the audio track lays on top of like each audio track or each character track lays on top of each other through a timeline. And then basically, that's how you control. You know how the game controls. It's really cool, though. Like I was really impressed, Roberto, with how like intricate. And, you know, the graphics are beautiful in this game. It's got a really cool, um, like, kind of, like, cartoony, like, cel-shading kind of look to it. It's really cool. I like it a lot. I'm, I'm, I kind of want to go back and finish it. I think I'm on, like, Chapter 3 now. And it's the game's getting a little bit more difficult now than it was in the first two chapters. But what's really cool is, like, the, the levels are really short. Like, really short. But they, they tax your mind to solve them quickly. And they put objectives in front of you to solve things quickly. And... You really need to ra- it's a race against time to get those high scores and to get those trophies. Um, I have to say there's only like 31 trophies in the game. The list is pretty easy. It's a pretty easy platinum. Roberto, you platinum this, right? I have it on Switch, so I, don't, I didn't get it on PS4. Okay, so the, the platinum is not hard. It's, uh, it's pretty much just beat everything in a gold time and collect all the collectibles and then do some like odds and ends like trophies. Like, but it's pretty... Uh, it's a pretty sweet game. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I definitely want to get back to it. I'll definitely update you guys probably next week on the show with, you know, some updates on how, you know, how I'm how I'm progressing in the game. 
Um, the next two games I'm going to talk about are games I finally finished that have been on my backlog for a long, long time. Uh, the first game I'll talk about, and Roberto, now I'm hot on your tail, so you better start moving your ass, bro. I beat Kingdom Hearts 2. So now I'm on Kingdom Hearts 3, Roberto. So I've caught up. Yeah, I, I Since know. you've bought Kingdom Hearts 3, I beat 1 and 2. I know. And I'm ready to start 3. I think I might save it for Extra Life, but I might not play it for Extra Life because Corey said none of the cutscenes will play because of the Disney music. So it kind of might not be something I want to stream for Extra unless, Life. Yeah, unless you have a capture card that allows you to bypass that. It's it's the same idea as like a lot of games where it says you keep, you're not recording right now due to copyright yeah. material. And I know that it's... it's uh, Square Enix games in general usually have that problem because they have licensed music. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna buy a PlayStation camera before Extra Life anyway. I think that's something I'm actually gonna. I do. mean, if you really want to, I could just send you one. I don't think it'll get to me before Extra Life though. Maybe it's in like two weeks. If you send it by Canada, it's gonna take more than two weeks to get to me. Who knows? As it depends on how fast I send. But yeah, I, I have one, so we'll see. But yeah. Um, and then the second game, I f- or besides, oh oh, Kingdom Hearts two. So I beat Roxas finally. Fuck that dude. <laughs> like seriously, fuck that fight. Like, and I I talked about I bitched and complained like two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I was on the show about like how much that fight sucked. And then it's funny because like shout out to JT. Like JT messaged me and he's like, "No, nah, bro, I wouldn't dog you for that. I agree with every single point you made." Like, that fight's bullshit. Like, the rest of the game's a cakewalk, and then that fight is, like, ridiculous. And then every fight after that was a joke again. So I'm like, that one fight was put in a game to, like, test you and fuck you. Like, I I don't get it. Like, I don't get, like, with someone like, hey, let's make the game, like, super fucking hard for one boss fight, and then, like, okay, now we're gonna get off the gas again and just let you beat the game. It's like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> I was so mad. Because I power leveled for so long, and I got final, and I got final form, but final form was necessary for that fight because, like, once you can hover above like enemies, like the games, the, the game's a joke. Because like no projectiles can hit you anymore because you can fly above them. So once I learned to hover, I was like, this game's broken. I'm really looking forward to playing Kingdom Hearts three. Um, the ending to two is very good. Um, I know like the first and it was like the first twenty or thirty minutes is just recapping all the Kingdom Hearts games, Corey. Um, if you wanted to, I know, like... Oh, you can skip that shit, and it just goes right to the game game? I'm is pretty there, like, sure it does, oh, I can't remember. What is it? Oh, that's right, because there's a recap thing in case you've never played any of them, right? To get you, like, juiced up. Yeah, yeah, this one, yeah, right? yeah. Like, I did the recap because, for me, it was something where I really didn't, um, I couldn't remember too much, and for me, I didn't do what you did and play through... I thought there was a trophy for watching through it, too, anyway, isn't there? I can't remember. I couldn't tell you. But, you know, uh, for next... me... I was going to say, I know for me, after watching you go through all the troubles of the Roxas fight, now has gotten me to the point of where now I want to replay the second one on the uh, the PS4. remake. Yeah, the PS4 version, just because, you know, I remember beating it so long ago on the, you know, PS2, but, you know, I heard that, you know, I want to now, take up the challenge. Now, Roberto, Roberto, like, key question. Should I go and beat all the ancillary games before I play three or just say fuck it and just play three? Oh, fucking play three. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I was going to play Birth by Sleep because I've never played it before. And I was like, this game kind of looks interesting. I think Birth it by talks Sleep about is the only the one I would Because talk it talks about like all the Keyblade Masters, right? Um, Birth by Sleep is the prequel to Kingdom Hearts 1. 
Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I could yeah. just go play three and then go back and play that, right? You could. I mean, it, it's you learn so much about Birth by Sleep in the um, three that I don't think you really need to go play it before playing three. But I mean, okay, it's something that after playing three, you would probably want to go play it anyway. Okay, let's move this train along then. Um, I finished another game that was on my backlog, and that's Uncharted for A Thief's End. I finished the Nathan Drake uh, saga, and I was very sad upon finishing it. Very sad. Like, I what still, a series. I haven't, played, I haven't played number four yet. You should play it, Roberto. Like, the story is, is top-notch. Um, there's a lot of, like, points in that game where it just felt, you know, like it was just too long. Like, I think it's kind of, it kind of from what people are telling me, they were saying it's kind of similar to like how people felt with The Last of Us 2, how it could have been 10 hours shorter. I felt like Uncharted 4 could have been 10 hours shorter. Like it, the middle part of that game just dragged. And then once you got to the end, it picks up again. Uh, it has one of the coolest boss fights, final boss fights in the series. I won't spoil it, but it was it was freaking awesome. The final boss fight in that game is great. Um, but that was fun. Um, I think as, as far as like trophies go, that was the worst I've ever done in an Uncharted game, like in a single playthrough. I think I only have like 24, 25% of the trophies. Yeah. But I definitely see like an uptick in my ability to beat games when I'm not trying to concentrate on beating 50% of the trophies while beating the game. So I think just concentrating on finishing games now has led to like a more rejuvenated like Mr. TMNT where I want to play more games and concentrate less on trophies. Plus the new trophy system rewards you for just playing games like like, I feel bad for all those people who grinded trophies for years and years and years. Now their fucking trophy score is maxed out. And they can't, like, it, like they have nothing to show for any of the trophies they earn going forward. I'm, I'm sure we'll see PlayStation do some. I, don't I hope know. they update it again. I think, I think what they should have did, honestly, like, and this is like a side tangent. I think they should have just left the levels alone and then just implemented the new system of how you level up instead. So they should have just increased the cap to 999 and just left everybody at the levels they're at mm-hmm. and then just and then just increase the, the way you level up, which is all they did. All they really did was change how you level up. They didn't have to like like up up the level of your current trophy level. I thought that was kind of stupid. I think the reason why they did this, it just makes people that are such a low level feel more like they've got farther. But like, you will get farther because the lower the level you are, the faster you level up. Apparently, yeah, yeah but I, that's, that's what I'm saying, though, right? It's it's kind of kind of I kind of want to make a new account for Extra Life and see how many trophies I can get in a single day. See what level you can get in a single day. Yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. But I have to. But I um oh, and I'm officially announcing um, I think the first game I'm playing during Extra Life, and Corey will probably be playing with this with me at midnight on the 7th of november which is in two weeks two weeks from today actually when we're recording this uh will be uh man of medan or not man of medan um uh dark uh, pictures anthologies um all hope is or little hope little hope yeah, yeah little hope thank you and i'll be streaming that like the first four hours of extra life until we beat it we're gonna beat it in one setting so probably and from so, what i've heard it's supposed to be longer than the other one so well we're gonna that's what we're gonna play first during extra life yeah we're gonna stream the whole thing 100 percent. i think that's a good way to kick off extra life and a good way to like keep us like awake while we do it 
Definitely in the wig for sure. You always fall asleep during extra life. Actually, last year I didn't fall asleep. First oh. year I didn't fall asleep once. I made it through all twenty five hours without falling asleep. Yes. Yeah, so wow. yeah, um, uh, you guys will be able to donate to extra to our extra life team very soon. Um, I think we're just gonna call. I probably I probably just make one and just call it the GameStop Game Stuff page. GameStop the Game Stuff page. And we'll probably just take donations together this year. I think that'll be the easier way to do it. What do you think, Core? Probably. I mean, it, it's definitely one of the easier ways, I know, for sure. Roberto, are you going to come hang out with us during Extra Life? I mean, it is a team, though, right? We can still do it as a team. I'm really, yeah, we can really... still do it as a team, yeah. yeah. And when is, when is this? Uh, Extra Life. It's in two weeks. Well, what, what? In two weeks? Okay. I should be able yeah. to So in two weeks, I'll be, I'll be playing, for, and uh, Corey will be playing games for 25 hours straight. To raise money for uh, and you, children's charity, and, and children's just, charity. Yeah, and just for people, just to let you guys know, um, extra life. You don't have to. It's not like extra life is only one day at a time. Um, extra. No, you can it, donate through the year. You yeah. can join it for the year, and it's always a link you can go into and do all that. Like it's uh, something that um, I know, uh, proven gamer uh, streams all the time, and you know really uh, pushes it for extra life all year. I know I haven't really been on the boat that much this year, or the years before, just because you know. Um, I haven't really been paying attention to that much, but I know this year I'm really going to be pushing doing it again. So we'll see if I can break my record of last time. So no, what else? did I play anything else this week? Oh yeah, well I restart. I started playing Yakuza Zero again, and I'm on chapter eleven now. So I beat two more chapters today. So I'm on chapter eleven. So I have like six or seven chapters left in this one, and then we'll move on to Kiwami. But yeah, I've had a busy week, uh, mostly playing Hyrule Warriors, though, mostly laying downstairs, you know, hanging out with my daughter and my wife and playing some Hyrule Warriors. Uh, Pokemon expansion was pretty cool. I did play that. Then I came out for like an hour or two, realized I was super under leveled. And I'm like, wow, I just need to beat the game. So Roberto, what have you been playing, man? Oh, a handful of things. Um, since we last spoke, uh, there's been. Uh, where are you in here? Um, At the beginning, sir. Yeah. So first up, um, all right. So I tried a VR game, which is very rare of me, but I decided to do that anyway. And because um, I was like, you know, I have this VR system, I, it's sitting there. I'm not really using. It. So I decided to do something both uh, fun and not fun. Not because of which I'll get into in a moment. Uh, I decided to play Pistol Whip VR for PlayStation Network. PlayStation VR. And uh, the place, Pistol Whip is, disguised, is described as a VR action game on rails. So it's a rail shooter. However, it's inspired by the style and the action sequences of John Wick and Equilibrium, what they call God Mode sequences, where it's just one guy, you know, surviving, barely surviving, but eliminating his foes with, like, just impunity. So, a.k.a. John Wick. And it it is really cool. It is a really cool game. I think it's worth buying at full price. I didn't get a review code for it. I just decided to, you know, buy it for myself because I figured, you know, it was a really unique VR title. And it is incredible. I just have to recommend, though, before you do this, be sure that you're wearing athletic clothing and that you stretch and drink plenty of water because 
this game is going to kick your butt. <laughs> I don't like doing any of those things. Um, I mean, you, you can play on easy, and in which you don't really move a lot much. But if you want to play on normal or hard, and the game kind of wants you to play normal or hard because of the trophies, you're, oh, really? You're, all all the trophies are linked to like levels? Not quite. I mean, there's just like there's one trophy that's play with two guns on hard because you can modify your gameplay style to whatever you want. So one level I actually put, I, I cranked it to hard, was using both guns in both of my, in each hand. And it was wild. It was insane. I tried for about a good hour to get through a specific section. And I had to really kind of like be very fast, moving did you have my to, whole body. Did you have to beat said level to get the trophy or only play it? You have to beat it. Well, otherwise, why force? Yeah, no, Jerry, you just you just, just you just start it, and that's it. It's like, oh, I'll play you start with two games. I don't know. There are games like that, so. Yeah, I know. The rack don't look at me like I have six heads, you know. The rack games give you, like, gold trophies if you just start it. But, uh, anyways. Um, so, it was good. It was like, the now, the only thing I can really criticize the game for, the music is 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 good. It's just. Not great. Repetitive? Yeah, like, it, it's, like, I mean, I don't want to say it like that. It's just it none of it's like it's it's great at the way it sounds. It's just it's not recognizable. Like I would have imagined Skrillex or Nero, uh, you know, or maybe even um uh you know the Bug Hunt, which they play in uh, Reggae Ralph, which that would have been pretty badass to, to use, you know, because of the you know the the beats and everything like that. Um maybe some nineteen nineties EDM or eighties EDM, something like that could have been factored in there. Like I can imagine like Firestar Starter by the Prodigy being in this game, like that would have been badass. Dude, that uh, game, that song, it that that song probably cost yeah. probably cost like so much Pro- money. Right, or even uh, you think so to get Prodigy? You really think so? Yeah, it's still it, it, a lot of those songs. It, it's it's the idea. It's it's you have to go through so many hoops that sometimes it's just cheaper to find a DJ on the side, especially for smaller developers too. It's right. Yeah, like, that's the other thing I got to factor in because it's, it's 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 like. Like I can't remember what it is. If you were to buy a licensed game, like a licensed song, like that's already made, it's like in the thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars, depending on the song. I mean, who owns the rights to that Prodigy song now? Is it is it the estate of Prodigy? Is it the band members that are still alive? Like, if I'm correct, it's the studio. That's the whole thing. So you have to go through the studio. It's the same idea as like you watch YouTube where people get striked all the time. That's the reason why they get striked is because the studio strikes them. And you have to pay uh, uh, for every person that would play it. You have to pay them a th- fee, and that's where what usually happens with video games is they base it off the amount of games that you're you're producing, and then they sell you that many copies of the song. Technically, it's I don't know. It's a weird I don't know. It's it's a yeah. It's a big thing, but it, it does cost right. a bit. And like cool. I said, it's now how that- have you played Super Hot? That's my question. I mean, I played non VR, but I have to, I need to play the VR version. I admit. But I mean, but what I mean is like so like compare because I know Super Hot was the big thing that kind of got this genre moving ahead. Like, is it? Like, I know Super Hot's more on the idea of like everyone's coming at you. You're standing in one spot usually most of the time with Super Hot, and then you're like shoot, 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 right. grab, go. Whereas this is more of a. It's more. It's tuned. You're to moving. Rhythm. Yeah, you're moving down a line, kind of idea as right. you're doing this, right? And, and, I mean, you can. Sh- you're not. It's not fully automatic, however. I mean, the okay. movement is in a straight line. That's automatic. But you have to duck. You have to shoot. You have to 
uh, even punch enemies that get directly in your path. Yeah. So it's it's interesting too because if you do it right, you get into an ebb and flow, and it when you shoot enemies on a beat, you get the highest possible score. So it's like you have to really pay attention to the music, the rhythm. And fall into a rhythm. I mean, granted, you're still free to do what you want. You're not. It's not like you have to hit a note or something. It's that the music ties to whatever you want to tie it to. But if you shoot, if you listen to the music and you shoot the enemies based on the beat, then you get the highest possible score. Mm. So it's it's in that regard, it's really really interesting. When you get your ebb and flow to it, it it's a lot of fun. Um. Now, they have a 2089 DLC coming out, I think, by sometime this holiday. There's another DLC on the way. There's, like, a whole roadmap, as a matter of fact. So there's a lot of content. That's cool. Yeah, there's a lot of content that's supposed to be selected and released uh, in the future. And uh, But right now, yeah, it's a a hell of a rhythm shooter. It's accessible. There's multiple difficulty angles. Easy, normal, hard. There's modifiers that you can make. You can also select the move controllers to pulsate to the beat of the song. So if you if it's for you to stay in rhythm, and overall, it's a very very it it's one of the best games on VR right now. I'd say on PlayStation VR especially. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, support these guys. It's only like twenty bucks, and you will have a ton of fun. So that's that for Pistol Whip. The next game I'm going to say uh, talk about real quick. It's a quick game uh, called. Back in 1995. Okay. So, it's an experimental game. It came from Adelaika, and then also throw the warp code out. That's the the developer's name. And it's a very brief survival horror game that is made in the spirit of old-fashioned survival horror video games from the 1990 from 1995 namely of course um resident evil in particular and it's quick it's about a good quick three four hour game uh so it's not like anything tremendously long but it's 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 interesting the what would happen what happened was that they wanted the developer really wanted to create a familiar um a familiar survival horror game that was inspired by what he grew up on and what he was inspired by as well. And this includes everything uh, from the low resolution polygon visuals all the way to the tank controls. So you have to deal with tank controls in this game. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. Oh, damn! it goes back to using tank controls. That's pretty sweet though. Yeah, but like I said, also that it's, it's a quick game. It's not something that's going to last you eight, ten hours with tank controls. It's going to last you maybe three, four hours tops. That sounds uh, great, because I don't want to play things with tank controls in 2020. Mm-hmm. So what it is is that you wake up in a, in a hospital. There's monsters everywhere, and the monsters look like <laughs> with those low graph fidelity polygonal des- PlayStation designs. Oh, the monsters look lovely. <laughs> and you're kind of you have to make it to some kind of a tower and uh that's what you do you try and get to this tower you go through buildings you, you solve puzzles 
and you know fight monsters avoid monsters here and there and deal with tank control so the original game came out a couple of years ago and i remember defunct games a, a great youtuber by the way reviewed it he reviews a lot of these like lesser known falling through the cracks type games, and he has a really cool uh dimension to it all so when I saw that, I said, oh, I wouldn't mind playing this. I mean, it's it's a nice little love letter to survival horror games from the 1990s. And the guy, you know, is one of those guys who played the game as a kid, you know, Resident Evil and all that, and was inspired by the designs and inspired by the, the orientation and how she felt. And he just wanted to kind of make a quick love letter to that. And that's that's perfectly fine. I like that. You know, those smaller games having big hearts like that because they, they really respect what came before them. And I played the game on my Vita. It's on PS4. It's crossed by. And it's good. You know, I mean, the, some of the additional enhancements uh, for the game include CRT filters and borders and also trophy support, of course. And overall, I mean, if you're into doing something spooky or doing something kind of like that's like not terribly long, it'll definitely fulfill your needs. It's a, you know, nice, cool game that's not going to break, you know, break bank. But if you need a walkthrough, there's one out there. Um, the story, I feel, is, is rather fascinating. And uh, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing, like, a, a follow-up or a continuation with a developer. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's also, the same game is also on the Switch as well on PC. I believe it's on Xbox. I'm not sure. But like I said, it's quick. It's interesting. It's fast. It's engaging. It's not a very long game. It's definitely worth checking out and picking up, especially for the budget price of, I think it was like 10 bucks or 5 bucks, something like that. So definitely uh, consider it. So does that sound something that you two would play? That, that does sound like something I would play. Yeah, I love survival horror games, so I would definitely check this game out. Yeah, and like, same here. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's always one of those things where, like, going back to those types of games, it's it kind of brings back some nostalgia. So anything that kind of does that, I always enjoy that for sure yeah so that's uh that's it's 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 a good one now the next game i'll i'll talk about is a great one if, if since we're on the topic of roguelikes um scourge bringer or scourge bringer there we go scourge not scourge scourge that's the word scourge bringer so all right so this is a roguelike and we tend to be uh gravitate towards roguelikes in this community here i mean uh cory just talked about don't uh, going, going under. under yeah and um i know when matt was with us he talked about how amazing um dead cells was so uh i know kalai is, loves her some roguelikes too as well i love yeah, roguelikes too this year is definitely the year of roguelikes like look at hades look at all the hype hades is getting right now yeah that's one i need to check and then i know we we had talked about uh void bastards earlier in the year uh, yeah. I keep something. forgetting that's a roguelike because it's it's not like your typical roguelike. So yeah, I still yeah. have to play that one day oh, when it goes good. on sale. When it goes on sale, yeah, just play it on easy first and then we'll work your way up. Yeah, there. we'll just go straight into the the hard bar. <laughs> yeah, so Scourge Bringer is a follow up to one of my very favorite video games in the in recent years called Neurovoider. Neurovoider is a two twin stick. Uh, action RPG roguelike from the same guys that made Scourgebringer. And what Neurovoider did was that it took place in a world where the machines won and all the humans are dead. So somehow, 
deep beneath some robotic fortress on Earth, there is this uh, brain that there's four brains, and this robot decides to put one brain into a robot, well, an empty robot, and now you're effectively a cyborg or robot, you know, with a human brain. So you're taking revenge against the machines for everything they did, uh, and it was a lot of fun. It also featured a tremendously amazing soundtrack. Scourgebringer is in a similar vein, except it's completely, I mean, the setting is completely different, of course. You're dealing with um, something that's not you know, cybernetic or, or, you know, cyberpunk at all. You're dealing with something that is more more surreal, more fantasy. In the world of uh, Scourgebringer, a giant object has arisen from some nether region of the universe. It arrived on the planet and decided to go ahead and completely decimate all of planet Earth. So over time, there's been a whole bevy of humans that have struggled to survive, that have been, you know, trying to uh, live in the shadow of the Scourgebringer. And there's a warrior that's been training all her life to infiltrate the Scourgebringer and successfully eliminate and destroy the structure. To do so, she has to infiltrate and also and completely destroy the five guardians that control the bringer. So it's a fast paced. Free-moving roguelite platforming, as Steam describes it. As you, when you enter the game, the Scourgebringer, you will be you're in. You have to go across multiple sections, and each section has a whole bevy of small chambers, and the chambers all have enemies. So your objective is to eliminate the enemies, find the one enemy that has the key to the guardian or the big boss for the for the section. Afterwards, then you face the guardian. So now as a roguelite, of course, there's procedural generation with the enemies, the level layouts, things like that. When you die, you go to a, like a little pocket dimension inside the Scourgebringer called uh, the Chiming Tree. And there's a guy there that talks to you. And then, of course, you get upgraded. So you get all sorts of different upgrades. You can, you know, for, such as flurry attacks and uh, the ability to deflect and bounce back bullets and so on and so forth. When you fight in the Scourgebringer, you fight with ranged weapons such as uh this like such as guns machine guns shotguns you have a katana and also you can jump platform and move really quickly so you have some supernatural elements to you which you know which makes sense given the world has been poisoned by this thing so it is a really really fascinating a very addictive action packed roguelite like when i started playing i was like ah oh, you know maybe i'll just get my feet wet for an hour and I wound up playing like two or three hours. So I'm just like one more time, one more time, one more time. So what I like about this is that it's a firm yet fair roguelike. It's a game where it will challenge you. Yes, but it's not going to break you. It's not going to stomp on you and make you feel powerless and that you have to slog it out for multiple hours just to gain any sense of progression. There have been other roguelites like Black Sea Odyssey that did that, and I just it, it really made it kind of difficult to return to. Scourgebringer doesn't do that. For starters, the gameplay is great. It's tight. It's fast. It's responsive. It's very addictive. It's very aggressive as well. And there's a there's a soundtrack by Junos Turner, who does the music. He did the music for Nuclear Throne, and it's just a lot, you know, it just creates this really pulsating sensation of mystery and action and violence that's 
on par with Nuclear Throne to an extent. And then, of course, the gameplay, the visuals, and the and the and the enemies are all fantastic. The enemies, they're you know they're 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 pulsating. They're monstrous. They're surreal. There's uh, there's mon- monstrosities and you know strange abnormalities that you can't really come across. Like you can't really describe that you have to fight. And like I said, each time you you die, it doesn't feel like you've you know defeating. As in, you don't want to play this again. Like it gives you the motivation to get stronger, especially when you know, especially when you when you have to with, with the cur- the game's currency. Like every enemy drops blood. Blood is is a currency you have to use to you know find more items, and then the bosses and the mid bosses that give you the keys to get to the bosses or the guardians, I should say. They ha- that's like that's guardian blood, so that gives you powers to upgrade your character. So then, you know, at the beginning you're you're gonna have a slam attack. And then by maybe a few hours in, you'll be able to deflect and bounce back bullets and uh, have like, you know, other special attacks. So it's a really fascinating game. Um, Once again, I play Neurovoider and and really liked Neurovoider. I would strongly recommend playing that game, whatever platform you have it on, because it's on everything. Uh, And uh, for this follow-up, it's excellent. Um, I'm having a blast. It's something I'd say would be great to introduce uh, players into, casual players who have never played roguelites before. I'd like, like for them to just go in and check this one out. Uh, the controls are easy to learn. The controls are, you know, the gameplay is extremely responsive. It's just an overall great follow-up to um, to Neurovoider. Now, I got a key from the game from uh, Dear Villagers, and uh, so thank you very much, Dear Villagers, uh, for all your support. Uh yeah, so what is it? What do you think, guys? I mean, like we just said, roguelikes are something that we all love and enjoy. So I mean, there's just too many of them right now. But I mean, I'm sure down the line, it's something I'll pick up for sure. I mean, it definitely looks like a deep enough roguelike that I would like it because I I love roguelikes, but I feel like like even Dead Cells, I don't I didn't feel like there was enough to Dead Cells, but I feel like that got that got fixed in later installments of Dead Cells when they started adding on to the game. But I feel like this is this is a, like a meteor, like a meteor roguelite, like a, yeah, a more media experience. So. It certainly has that that dimension because as of this recording, I got pretty. I'm not. I'm nowhere you near halfway done. I mean, I, I tried a bunch of times to get past the first guardian. I I defeated him I think three times, and then there's the upgrades, and I fi- finished the first two branches. But then there's so many other steps to the other branches. And I got a ways to go with those. So it's definitely something that I'm not going to, I don't think I'll get done in the next 10 hours. I think it definitely takes 20 hours or so um, of just persistent gameplay in order to be able to be like, you know, equipped and ready to go through the entire thing. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's an excellent game. I really, I just, I have to strongly recommend it for its visual style, the gameplay, the action, the uh, tight controls. You really can't go wrong with this one. It's just, uh, it, it's definitely something I would recommend buying on the Switch, on Xbox, or on PC. I don't know why it's not on PS4, but that's besides the point. So maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'll be there on one day. Maybe it's just a you know agreement and stuff like that. I did see that in in writing up my review for Scorchbringer, the game was recognized on Nintendo Switch's direct and also with ID at Xbox. So uh, Sony, I suppose. Uh, the house is too full, or they just didn't care, which 
they didn't care. Shame on them. Much as I'm a big PlayStation fan. <laughs> like you know not to break off from this but they did care about indies for a time like very much so and now they're just kind of like eh. i don't think it's a not care kind of thing sometimes it you know honestly it's just licensing from the company itself like people forget that to get your game licensed depending on I know a lot of big things, too, is that sometimes when it comes to markets, if you release on the PlayStation, you have to be prepared to release worldwide. And sometimes those guys don't have those trademarks or those like they would have to get additional trademarks to release worldwide. And I know that's why with the Xbox and the Nintendo, it's a little bit sometimes easier because they have completely different stores and stuff like that. And I know that becomes a problem at some point or, you know, a lot of games just get lost in the. Man, in PlayStation right now, you go to new games every day. There's something new. I go to new games, look at it every day. There's something different. There's something new. Games I've never even heard of. I mean, there's still indies flooding the crap out of that store. Um, they really need to fix the deal page, but uh, that's a whole nother bald game. Um, but really, like, there's games that just pop on that store. Like the other day, it was like, what was the one that I told Joe about? It was Car Racer or something. Something stupid. And it was you it was like Pac-Man with a car in third person. And they wanted ten dollars for it. And I'm like, this is a game? Like this this looks pretty bad. This looks really bad. And this is on PlayStation? Yep. Well well, there was even a racing game I found that was that was free. And Oh, we all know about that racing game, right, Joe? Oh yes we do. Oh, and Roberto. Um this will go out for our cheap deals of the week. Can you hear me? Yeah. Go on uh, everyone who has Gamefly or has access to Gamefly. Uh, they're doing a huge blowout sale right now of all their used games. Guess what's fourteen ninety nine right now, Roberto? What? Fast and the Furious. Uh, I'm, I'll pick that up when it's two bucks. <laughs> Dude, it's fourteen ninety nine. It's the cheapest you'll probably find it anywhere. And so it goes in like the nine ninety nine bin at, they at had uh, season pass. That. that I don't know what they were thinking. There's a, I don't there's know what a season were... pass for that game. Well, yeah. apparently, apparently the GI Joe Cobra game is trash too. I don't know. Um, I mean, this is where like the sad thing is, is that like I say, what they're doing is right. I and I don't know what it is, and it seems like it's really weird. At the end of the cycle that we've got right now, we're getting a whole bunch of like, you guys like your '90s stuff. You guys like this. You guys like that. We're gonna bring it all back out and just give it to you, and it's just. Like, we had the Crystal Chronicles port that wasn't very good. Um, which, I mean, we might as well get into the friggin' topic of discussion, which is uh, Switch ports. Um, now, obviously, some of the ports we talk about, in general, guys, remember, the Switch was the last one to come out next-gen, which means a lot of the ports that we saw move to the Switch were games that were already out for the other consoles. But, I mean, at the same time, uh, a big thing that I've been seeing as a PlayStation-heavy player plus a Switch player is the problem we're seeing right now, and I think the bigger problem, is that the reason why we're seeing bad Switch ports is because we're having to have games that are now being cross-play or some type of portability where it has to work on everything. And well, because I mean, of well, that, we run into things like Crystal Chronicles, where I oh, believe... We're going to start, <laughs> start off on Crystal Chronicles. <laughs> the idea... Oh, now, for oh. one, let's be honest. Now, I... Oh, fuck, let, fuck let's this game. <laughs> Let's be honest, though, too. They also put it on mobile. I was so hyped for this game. And I'm then a they huge told me Final Fantasy fan. 
Yeah, and when I found it was going on mobile too, that's where my worries came in. It's the same thing as Genshin Impact. It's the same problem. When you start releasing games on mobile and you release it at console at the exact same time, and then you try to tell me that it's going to be a good game, I'm going to tell you that it's hard to believe because you're not building the game to run on the console. And it's the same idea. Um, Switch ports are one of those things where that happens. Um, Roberto, I know you talk about uh, Outer Worlds all the time about how bad it is on Switch. And it was a port for Switch. And a lot of people were excited for it because it would have been like the new Skyrim, which was ported, but Skyrim was ported everything. So it doesn't matter. Um, But like your opinion on that, I know that that's the reason kind of where this topic came come up from was for you. I know we'll let Joe go back to Crystal Chronicles in a bit about how he wants to return it and send messages to Sony and or like to Square Enix and Nintendo and tell him to give him his money back. But um, Roberto, like, how was that for you uh, getting Outer Worlds and expecting what you expected and then got what you expected? It was disappointing. And then on top of that, it was just, I don't get how they, they, they blundered that. I think like right now it would have been better to have released it now when it was all patched up, ready to go. It's a tie in with the Outer Worlds expansion pass, the DLC, but they just rushed it out and it was very difficult to play. Like I, and the graphics and capability, it was just, a, it was disappointing. Like it was my first time playing the game for starters. And then I dealt with it and then there were just started to become things that were unforgivable it started to chug frame rate it, it just like to the point where it's like it was just it was the single digits uh i fell through the world several times the game crashed on me several times and i was very just disappointed that someone thought this was a this this game was ready to be shipped and ready to be sent when it was absolutely not in that state at all whatsoever and I suppose, like, once again, they just, somebody put a deadline and we're just like, whatever, or we need to get this out because I have a guy who, who I call, I answer to, and he wants it out and we need to get it out. And so that sounds like some WWE 2K20 bullshit. Yeah. Right there. So here's my question to you, Roberto. Do you think this is because the switch itself was not powerful enough to run this? Or you just think that it's just they didn't take enough time to make sure this ran on the switch properly? I think it was time. Uh that knowing that no it, it the, here's the thing it's all about flexing the engine and i admit that there are always going to be some engines or some games that will never run on switch like i'm not ever expecting death stranding to ever go on switch or anything yeah that, that's just as good looking as that well because uh, the, the reason what the, here's what worries me um i know this is a switch topic but I want to bring this kind of into the reason why I thought this was a great topic to talk about right now is we're coming into a new console generation where we're already starting off the next gen with the Switch problem, with the idea that we have a, a lower end Xbox that's supposed to play all the next gen games and also the Switch is still there. Now, we do know that they're, Nintendo is working on a new console. We don't know if that's built to be able to play the new games that are coming out or if it's just to be better than it is now. Um, but we're already having it where we're seeing a lot of companies that the problem, like we've already had a lot of developers come out too, where they're saying, look it, we're having a hard time developing games because we're having to develop a game for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. and But then we have to now develop the same game for the Xbox Series S because it's downgraded, and if we want to, we have to make it on the Switch as well, which means now they're making a game that has to run on all, and 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 
Joe, you know about Avengers. I don't have to explain more. That that game is so broken. And even like uh, both me and Andy have said, uh, we're not playing it until next gen. And the reason is, is because we have a strong feeling that that game was designed for next gen and they just rushed it on the PS4. And, and I think that's what happens with these Switch ports is we see games that were not meant to play on Switch, but people are rushing it because at the one point in time, Switch ports was the way to go. If you put your 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 thing on Switch, you made money. So I, I just I just think like the whole Switch ports thing, like I'll give a good example of a really shitty Switch port. Like let's start off with the worst Switch port of all time. <laughs> WWE 2K18. What a big pile of shit. Like I've never been more disappointed in a purchase in my entire life. Like I'm dead serious. Like it, it eclipses the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles thing. Here's the game that can run on a 360. It was actually a 360. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was a PS. It was a PS4 game, right? So it should be able to run on the Switch, no problem, right? Um, well, that's it's the not not, not necessarily not necessarily the the big thing that a lot of people don't understand is a Switch is not as powerful as a as a PS4 or an Xbox One. Um, it, it's it's halfway in between the PS3 and the PS4, and and that's where the big problem comes in is. A lot of what the Switch was using as its catalyst to make it so games run better is being the idea that either they're fully digital or they're running off an SD card is what it uses to make them run better. Correct. And right? and I think the problem with 2K18 is they shot themselves in the foot by porting a game that's so demanding on a system. Like, you have eight guys in a ring wrestling at once. That's a lot for a system to handle. Actually, I only think it was six guys in 2018. I don't even think they got to eight guys yet. But still, six people wrestling in a ring. If you got more than two people in the fucking ring, the game like chugged. And I mean, Roberto, chugging is not even the word to describe this. Like the game would like literally like glitch all over the place and like people would fall through the ring. Until 2K20 came along, it was the worst WWE game ever, ever made, ever made. Like I'll give you I'll give you another example. You would watch people's entrance, entrance, uh, entrances to the matches. And they would just literally like skip all over the place because the system could the system couldn't handle the entrance. They couldn't handle the pyro, the guy walking to the ring, and the music all playing at the same time. It's like the switch just couldn't multitask. It's like it's like the switch was like, uh, I can't multitask, bro. Like, and it makes you wonder. It's like, why doesn't the switch have themes on the home screen? And like Nintendo has said in like a bunch of interviews that the reason it doesn't have anything connected to the UI or making the UI different is because it can't handle it. Like the switch can only handle what it can handle. And that's why it's so bland and so, so bare bones because it needs to do everything else it needs to do to run the games that it's running. Like the switch is like, honestly, if they did, if they made the switch any more powerful, it'd be like a friggin' bomb in your hand. Like literally. Like the thing's already ridiculous in right, your right. hand. So let's, he, go, let's let's go more into to examples then. I mean, I know that WWE is the, is the easiest oh, it's horrible. It's it's horrible, the, dude. I know WWE is the easiest bit berry to, to pick from the tree, but oh, I got my money back too. But what I got about my money games? back. But let's think of other games and other examples that prove your point. Well, it, it, with it, with Switch in general, we're seeing it where the biggest, I, I guess, like the, the biggest problem importing in general is most of the games don't run 1080 until you dock it. Um, it's something that a lot of people don't pay attention to that the games that you're running handheld are at 720. So we're already downgrading at that point to run these games. 
But, but if um, you're Switch, Corey, honestly, like, and Roberto, tell me this: if you're buying a Switch, are you buying it for graphical fidelity, or are you buying it to be, to be able to play things portably? Well, hundred like, percent. Like, but that's why the, the the games that are made for Nintendo by Nintendo play well because they know that. Um, but games that have been really bad, I know I've watched you before, Joe, and I've watched other people play uh, any any fighting game. Really, in all honesty, I I don't see the Switch being good at fighting games. Uh, the more like they're they're good, but you're not seeing a person that's playing it, to play a fighting game on the go. It's okay. But I know Chris, one of our good buddies, <laughs> bought he bought Dragon Ball Z <laughs> Fighters on the Switch over on the PS4, and he, like he played it, and he's like, I can't play it. He's like, I can't. It's it. I get frame skips. He's like, it it has little graphical issues. He's like, it's not. Oh, as clean. Fighters on the Switch. Yeah, Fighters on the Switch. He yeah, says he has. It's, it's it's pretty bad. I played the demo. And but that's the thing. Like fighting games seem to have a real big issue. Um, I bought Mortal Kombat 11, so I can yeah, talk but, about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I know you've talked about, and that—that's my thing. I think it's anything that needs frame rate as to to play the game properly seem to be having issues. But well, on the, well, here's uh, the big problem with the Switch. Wait, hold on, Corey. Here's the yeah. big problem with the Mortal Kombat 11, right? It's the same thing with most Switch games, right? What's the what's the biggest issue with the Switch? Can anybody tell me? What's it the? Can't, what's it, the it's supposed to be handheld, and it can't. Can it needs online support for most. Thank games. you. It needs online support for most games, even to run the game, or to run most of the modes in the game. That's ridiculous. It's a handheld. That's why I don't understand this whole fascination of people. It's a home console. It's really not. It's it's a it's a portable console that you can you can dock if you want to. But it was yeah. never designed to be a home console. I have a, I have a strong feeling in my gut that they've been designing the Switch for years and they really looked at like what the what the Wii did and what the Wii U did well and then the gamepad and they expanded off of that. It's all an offshoot. But but like Roberto, like like think of it this way, right? Like the Switch never had to be dockable. If it was always portable and it still did what it did, people would still buy it. Yeah, I mean, don't they need a home novelty, but, but I suppose you're right. I mean, if you think about it, look at the sales of the Switch Lite. It proved that you don't need a dockable Switch. Right. Okay. But in any case, well, let's get back to the topic on hand with regarding ports. So. Once again, we, we, we've, we've kind of beaten WO2K18 to death, but then tell me why something like Witcher 3 works, which it, is, you know, which was... It did after the update. Possible. It did after the update. See, and that's, that's my problem with some of the games. It's really, it's the developers that put the game on the Switch. It's if, if you're getting a cheap developer that wants to cut corners and maximize profits, you're going to have problems. It's like, it's like that episode of South Park when he's like, if uh dude if you pizza instead of french fry you're gonna have a bad time right yeah or you should you should have pizza instead of a french fry or you should have french fry instead of pizza and you're gonna have a bad time whatever the hell the saying is like that's what the developers do on the switch unfortunately like look at the people who like obsidian didn't do the port of um Outer of world. uh outer most ports and that's the biggest problem handled it. i was gonna say that's the biggest problem i've been seeing with uh switch ports is any so like i found a list of like good switch ports and the interesting part is is every port that has done well on the switch every port is made by the company that made the game any port that's been third-partied or like had somebody else that's worked with them to put the port out is done bad like skyrim did really well that's done by bethesda you know bioshock being on there that was done by uh 2k 
Uh, Ori in the Blind Forest is a Microsoft-made port for the Switch. Uh, Bethesda Studios Machine Gun Game is bringing Doom and Wolfenstein and all that to the Switch. Those games run amazingly well, and they're all made by the company that brought them out. And same like you said before, Joe, I know with The Witcher, um, it, it's what we're seeing happen with... And, and I wish people would be not so hard on a lot of these games, because... Everybody seems to forget that Fallout 3 was broken when it first released. So was Fallout 4. Um, Like Bethesda games. But there's a lot of games that release broken. Like, let's be honest. And this this generation is the the year, the generation of let's release a broken game and then try to fix it as we release it. Um, And the the, the Switch is no different. Uh, The biggest problem, though, that we're seeing with the Switch is we're seeing ports that are coming out. And then they're not being fixed right away. There, there's something that's working on the PlayStation already. There's something that's working on the, the Xbox. And then they're being ported to Switch and they're not having the support to make it so they can work. And for people that are already um, wanting to play these on the go, they can't because it just doesn't work. And when you're you're repaying, uh, like Doom 2016 is a great example where Doom 2016 on PS4 is sitting at $10 at the time and the switch versions of it at 40 and the only difference is one's on switch is one's on on uh, ps4 and xbox and well you're we're... at switch x but let's not get off topic no, no i'm just, I'm just saying what, no, no 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 what i'm saying is that if we're paying for a a new port to be ported to the switch and have it for hand being handheld and to be better it should be better it shouldn't be us paying for these ports to be worse than what we could already get it shouldn't be worse off on the Switch than what we already played before. And I think that's the biggest problem with the Switch. But like I say, there are good ports. Um, and I, I think there's, companies... tons, there's tons of good ones. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of bad ones. Like there, there, there's tons of really, really good ones. Like Skyrim is definitely one of the best ones. Yes, because Bethesda worked on it. And that's that's really why it's it's such a good port. But then you look at like the port of Doom. Like Doom doesn't run fast enough on the Switch, unfortunately. It's it's but, good, but, yeah. but it but it doesn't run fast enough. It doesn't run fast enough for what Doom has to run at to be an acceptable port. Like when you have frame rate issues in Doom, what do you do? You die because it has to run smoothly. Yeah, exactly. Mortal Kombat's the same way, and why Mortal Kombat 11 is a bad port to Switch is because you need to be connected online to play half the fucking game. Like I can't play any of the towers anywhere but like sitting in my living room. Well, that's like the amount of uh, what is the point? The funniest thing in 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 in, in, in Canada here uh, when I go on like the Facebook Marketplace and a lot of people are selling their switches, um, it's because they played them for Fortnite. They're like, well, I can't play Fortnite on the go, or I can't play Diablo on the go, and I'm like, why? Why did you expect to be able to play it on the go like you could a PS4 when you don't have connectability? Um, it, it it just blows my mind sometimes where people like I I bought the Switch knowing it I bought it as a home console I I bought it not to be a handheld I, I it's nice to hold it in my hands and play Pokemon but you know when I can I dock that thing and play on my no, TV I bought, it, I bought it I bought it as a handheld like I I yeah. dock it every once in a while when I when I you know party chat with people on PS4 but for the most part I do play my handheld and it is a joke that that thing can't play anywhere but your home online like. And but that's really like due to like the infrastructure of the way our like our well I know the US operates. I don't know if Canada is the same way. You can't just jump on the internet wherever you are either. You have to pay for it. 
well, yeah, free. Exactly. Like, and that, that that's the big thing, right? And that's where um you can't just do wherever you want. And and I get that. And that's what confuses me when people are like, oh, great switch ports, uh, you know, Fortnite and Warframe. And I'm like, I, I don't think Warframe is a good switch port. And it's not because it doesn't run. It's not because it doesn't work. It's just because majority of people are playing this handheld. And I'm not going to tell someone to go play Warframe on their switch because I think it's an inferior place to play compared to every other console. Like you're so like, here's here's another really bad one, right? Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. I love Bloodstained. I love Bloodstained. It's a great game. But until recently, it was atrocious to play on Switch. It looked muddy. It looked god-awful. Was the game still great to play? Yeah, it still played fine. But it didn't look like it did on the PS4 or on the Xbox One. And I was like, this is kind of a ripoff to pay the same amount as everyone else and get a far less superior game. Plus, you delayed the game so they could all come out at the same time. And then you delayed the Switch game again. So it's like, if you're going to keep delaying shit, maybe it shouldn't come out for the Switch. True enough, true another enough. Broken a- another broken-ass game, Ark Survival. That game is unplayable on the Switch. Just well, because of all the th- all the things it has to do. Well, that's like, what I'm getting at, right? Cannot, MMOs in general. Run. A- MMOs in general, just... And, and it, it, there's some... like It's the same idea as um, a lot of people are complaining about crossplay on, like, Call of Duty and crossplay on Fortnite and crossplay on a lot of different systems. And the reason is for that is because the person that has the processing power of a PS4 can see so far ahead. The person that processes on a Switch can only see so far ahead. And you're going to be at a disadvantage in any type of multiplayer game due to the fact that you can't, you don't have that console rendering those things for you um, before that. And that's where I know with The Witcher 3, that's what they had to do to make The Witcher 3 run better is on the PS4 and Xbox, it, it goes so much of a distance, it renders everything ahead. Whereas on the Switch, the problem was when it first released, it was rendering the same as the PS4 was. And then what they had to do is back that rendering back in order to make it so that it only renders so far away from your character so that you could it could render enough to look nice and not have those issues and um like roberto for you what what like i said for me i buy i'm a person that bought my nintendo to play nintendo games so everything i play on it looks fine plays fine i'm not a person that plays a lot of ports because i don't really do that play Nintendo games, play Nintendo games. I know you, though, um, being that you get a lot of codes and you do get PS4 and Switch versions of both codes sometimes, uh, what have you been finding with comparison-wise, like, uh, with most, especially indie games? Like, how are they doing with uh, the version on the PS4 compared to the Switch? Well, I'm pulling up my Switch right now, and if I can take a look. Um, So, I'll say, like, for free, like, going back to the discussion with online games, like I played a NFL, not NFL, World of Tanks Blitz, and it worked very admirable. You know, the visuals were fine, no problems with the gameplay, no problems with the presentation. Uh, granted, that's a more like portable version of World of Tanks. There's no single player campaign compared to the original, and it works fine. It works very well. When you look at games such as if I am uh, looking further here through the rest of my uh, library, you'll find that there's a, you know, there's a significant downgrade with visuals and and presentation, but it's not anything, at least for me, nothing that breaks the bank. You know, maybe the, the, for example, Freedom Finger 
was on the PS4 and, and also the Switch, and the Switch version works just fine. And with some of the other games out there, I've noticed that there have been... That's been pretty much the case, the general case, regarding most of this. I mean, um, it's, I think it's just understanding the hardware and really understanding how to maximize it. For example, I play Paladin. And Paladins works excellent on Switch. I mean, once again, you can't really... You can only be in, a, in, a, in an internet-connected environment to play the game. I used to play it at my old job, you know, on break, because, you know, we had Wi-Fi. But um, port-wise, it worked well. Other cases, such as uh, Trials Rising, I mean, the frame rate drops, but it still stays consistent. It's not running at 60 frames per second or look as good, but it's still sufficient enough. You get games like, like TT Isle of Man 2, which is a motorcycle game. And it's not, at least when I last, when it first came out, I don't know, I haven't checked in a long time, it's not too good. Then you get games like Alien Isolation, and the game is actually the PC version, and it works very, very well on Switch. Yeah, I saw it, that, that, that a lot of people see that as one of being one of the best, like actually one of the top games to play on Switch. Um, the and game. then I even played uh, Sniper Elite 3, which is pretty heavy on presentation graphics the you know the whole x-ray thing and it works yeah. excellent on the switch i mean the only I, thing i can complain about is that the controls take some getting used to but it's not it's not you know damning and compromising it's actually pretty good no i i i think i think a lot of the problem with like a lot of this, the porting for the switches they're they're trying to they're reaching too high like a lot of the time like i feel like we should just be porting a lot of like 360 ps3 games over and i think you would sell a lot of them because a lot of people that own nintendo don't buy other consoles some of them don't they just stay nintendo centric like they don't even buy the fucking nintendo consoles for god's sakes look at all the people who never bought a wii u and when all these games got ported everyone's like oh i'm gonna run out and get mario kart and it's like the best-selling game on the system so it's like why didn't bethesda port like fallout 3 or new vegas or games that like would run exceptionally well on the Switch because they don't need that much to run. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like well, Roberto, like, like Roberto, like, do you think like they a lot of the, a lot of developers are reaching too high what they're trying to port? Like, like do you think like Spider Man, like not Spider Man Miles Morales, but the first one could run on the Switch? No, no, I don't. Uh, think I think that either. honestly, it's 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 got too not much stuff going of, on. It's a matter of the engine, the architecture, maximizing that architecture and capability. It's a matter of really tapping into the very fabric and DNA of the code um, and how to, to, to best use the GPU and things like that. I, I, I really, I think, could it stream? If it was like a streaming one, probably sure. But if you're using like native there, no. Um, I, I really don't think it could. I mean, I, I will agree that it would be nice to see more ports and. But chances are they'd be of older games, so people would have to contend with the fact that if you get a port of something, let's say Max Payne Three, which I think could totally happen on the Switch, I'm you have to settle that. for the fact that it's Max Payne Three. I'm still waiting for them to port some kind of Grand Theft Auto game. I still, I still don't, I, I cannot for the life of me understand why there is no Grand Theft Auto game on the Switch. It's been four years almost, and we don't have a single Grand Theft Auto game on the Switch. A single one. And if we like, get one, likely it's, it's not going to be four and it's not going to be five. It's not I, be, I think I, I think, think four could run. 
No, but here's the problem. Once again, the problem with fours, it's the online and the storage of the. It's the storage of the Switch is why I don't think we're ever going to see. You don't need the online mode. No, but you have to, Joe. That's what I'm getting at. Is if they're going to sell four, they have to sell online. That's the that's that is what does that's what makes Rockstar money. When you play Grand Theft Auto right now, everyone, if you're playing it, it's playing it online. It's not playing like right now. For example, Mm -hmm. me five. By the way, that's not four. But anyway, but yeah. but, But what I'm saying is that. It, it it's just there's not enough if i could see anything if i would see anything that would go on the switch that i think that they could do it is if they brought out a gta 3 collection that would be gta you know, 3 five, vice you know, five could, well five could definitely run on the switch that's not even an argument no 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 it could but it, it's, it's a fucking the, xbox 360 game it's the it online there it's the online and the you size don't of it need the online though no but you have what i'm saying no is you it, don't Corey. it doesn't do make the people... money it doesn't make the money you're not understanding would Roberta, would it, would it not sell like crazy if it was just single player? Because there is no, no Grand Theft Auto equivalent on the Switch. It, it, it wouldn't. Question. Like, well, I mean, the only equivalent is Saints Row. Yes, but there's no Grand Theft Auto. If you ported any Grand Theft Auto to the Switch, it would be a million seller day one. But what day I'm saying one. is, how much would it cost them to take everything out online that's embedded in that game now? To take it all out to build it's just not this embedded. It is Joe. It no, is. It's not. It is. There's a it... single player mode of the game that exists for 360 and PS3. But PS3 it still has them. online. PS3 and Xbox 360 still have online connection. They it's do. It's a separate game. It's not. It, it is. is. Not. They integrated oh, it. They it, integrated it. You can double check it. They integrated it, Joe. That's the reason why it was crashing is because it was separate in the beginning and it crashed so hard that they had to make it an integrated feature to make it so it ran properly. And because they did that, the game is super huge and it would not be on the Switch. They would have to literally take out the entire online basis of it, pull it right out of the game, which is a lot of I'm stuff. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Pull no, the online no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not arguing with the fact of that not happening, Joe. What I'm saying is the millions it would cost them to do that, they're better to just play a game that's already a single player game. Grab the collection of Vice City. Grab the the like the GTA Three Vice City and San Andreas. Grab that. Throw it on the Switch. There would be give it a shiny new coat. Like what? Saints Row Three HD's on there. People are loving that. Might as well throw the Grand Theft Auto Three and res that up, and then throw it out there. I bet you anything that would sell like hotcakes. But like I say, I just don't see it's it's anything that's also super big. That's where the big switch problem is running into, too, is any game that's big. I don't see that moving over there. If it's over 40 gigs, that game games aren't going to move there. Um, you don't think Zelda's over 40 gigs if they put no, it on, no, a no. PS3, on a PS4? It would be over. It is. It is. It's the way they compress their files. But, but what I'm getting at is that the other companies aren't willing to put out the money to do that. And that's that's what I'm getting at. You're not going to see COD on the switch. And it's not because of graphic, graphic being graphical push. It's because it's literally 250 gigs. <laughs> and they would have to compress the crap out of that and hope to God they could figure out a way to make it work. And I think if they spent the money to put a single-player Grand Theft Auto 4 or 5 on the Switch, it would make them enough money to recoup. And I'm not, I'm it wouldn't matter because they're still making so much off of GTA 5 on all the other consoles that this would just be a gimme to the fans. Like it's like it's like it's like how do we not have a port of Persona Five on the Switch? Like how it, it baffles my mind. What's well, the licensing fee? It's, your... it's all it's all licensing. Well, I think I think it's because fucking Sony paid to make the game, and it's a secretive hush hush thing. But that's just me. 
Like well, that's I mean, seriously what I think. Oh, I mean, it's been a, it's been a, but the Persona series has always been. It's the same idea as the the Persona's no, games. But I think of, they actually paid for it, Corey. No, no, no but I'm saying it's locked on that console. Well, no, I Persona's always been exclusive to PlayStation, and the Shin Megami Tensei games, yeah. the Shin Megami Tensei games, have always been for Nintendo, and that's how it's been for years, and that's why I think it's done that way. Is PlayStation bought right? I I don't think it's it's a um very like. I don't think it's a set in stone agreement that says Persona has to release on 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 PlayStation because, you know, we have Persona Q and stuff like that that have come out. I just think that it's one of those things where it's just it just does. It's just way for Sega to push their games to all consoles. And I just think that's how that works, which, like I say, I agree with you that. I think it would be neat to see some Persona games go, and I, I get Shin Megami Tensei's coming out for Switch, but I do agree with you that there should be some type of GTA game on the Switch. Um, I just I just think any of them, really. I just think it'd be a, the easiest way to do it would just be a collection of the old ones. GTA 3, I, Vice I, City, I San Andreas, throw on there. I think you put a collection of all six games on there. You put, you know, GTA 3... GTA, uh, Vice City, San Andreas, Liberty City Stories, um, uh, Chinatown Wars, and what was the, what was the other one? Uh, Vice City Stories, yeah. And you put yeah. all that in one bundle, sixty bucks, and you sell it. Boom, done. Well, I mean that that's that that's that's that's. Come on, we're talking about Rockstar here. Okay, and they <laughs> sold the other pack for thirty five on PlayStation, and it only had three games in it. Don't don't what? tell me they they can't sell five, six games for sixty. Oh, it's going They're on old Switch, as shit. Though. They're old as shit, and they already make all their money. Dude, you know how much so they, don't, they don't care. I, I can't believe how much money they make on like online currency. It's exactly. Retarded. So the, what do they care? Like GTA Six. Like or se- what, if, seven. What, if, what if they what if they even just went back and they were like, oh fuck it, we're just gonna put Red Dead Redemption on Switch, the first one. I mean, I would buy but, it. I would too. If to was- play that handheld on the go, like like Roberto. Since we're on the topic of ports, like. What ports do you want to see on the Switch that aren't there? Let's take this in a different direction while we end, while we wind down the show. What do you think, Roberto? It's um, like tell well, me you don't want I to mean, see a Metal Gear game on there, bro. <laughs> I know you do. I'd love to see a Front Mission collection. Oh, which ones would you pick? All of them. Might as well. <laughs> You're like, Screw it, I want them all. <laughs> Even the one that nobody liked because it was an action shooter, the Evolved. Evolved then, was cool. I know it was cool, but people he hated just it. just suck a dick. Yeah. Um, I'd say that this might disqualify a bit, but I'd like to see more 3DS games say find a second life on Switch. I agree. Um, but it's kind of hard with the duels with like the two screens. And that's kind of what they said in interviews is like it's hard for them to to get rid of some of the things that they created by using two screens in those games. Right. I'm um, like, you haven't heard I mean, of the X, think, you haven't heard of the X button bringing up a map, bro. Because that's pretty much all the bottom screen ever was was a map or a stat screen. Like, don't tell me you can't port the game. Well, because they didn't they port um oh shit the world's not enough like that was the yeah ends, the world ends with you yeah, yeah that game was Yo, great there you go uh, bad port <laughs> what that's a bad port yes it's a very bad port Corey. I haven't played it don't don't well, no, no, it was great the, on on it undocked and it just wasn't so good when docked. It's not great undocked because it, you, ha- you still have to use touchscreen, and the Switch is not good as a touchscreen oh, system. Okay. It's so just not. I was wondering how they integrated it because that's my big thing, right? I played that the shit out of that game uh, 
when it was on DS, and I love that game. But and that's what I, I was trying too. to, and that's what I was trying to figure out when they did that because I'm like, okay, well, you don't have the touch screen on the bottom. Like, are they just gonna make me tap the actual fucking screen and do it that way? Which like, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to do ever on the Switch. I don't want to fucking poke the screen. Like, I'm, uh, no. Like, I would love for them to make like, like I would love for them to do more like things on the screen and and actually provide a stylus and a place to hold the stylus on the Switch. Or maybe like, they'll a be in the, maybe they'll be in the Switch it. Pro. The Switch Pro will I have like so. a, a flip-up screen Pro. and it will have like five screens come out of it and you can play all your DS no, games. You just need a stylus like area and a stylus. But Roberto, more ports that you would like to see on the Switch. Um, uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, okay, so I'd like to see some of that. Um, definitely see more GameCube games return. In terms of third-party stuff, let me just move on to third-party stuff. Um, Wait, hold on. Which GameCube games? Nintendo ones, like Nintendo licensed ones. Nintendo licensed ones, third party ones. Like I'd like to see the Star Wars Rogue Squadron games. Hell yeah, James I want Bond, a Rogue Squadron collection. Um, things like that. F Zero. Um, in terms of like third party games that, um, or indie games that I'm familiar with that I'd like. Yeah, to see. at least at least give us an F Zero GX remastered, right, Roberto? That would be sick, right? If you're not gonna make a new F Zero game. Just remaster the old one. That's it. Yeah, so just like looking at my uh, PlayStation here. Um, well, my PlayStation trophy list here. I mean, a bunch of the games that I am playing have made their way over to the Switch. I, I think, like, you know, it's just a matter of uh, for some of the other ones, like Shadow Bordor, that possibly oh. could work. I mean, I've, you have to download the, the what about What about the Lord of the Rings? Uh... What about the Lord of the Rings games from PS2 and they package them all together? That would be pretty cool. I mean, that would be just cool to come back wherever. I don't care. We need online for that, though. We need online for that. (laughs) Fuck it. Just make Tecmo Koei remaster them and call them, like, Lord of the Rings Warriors. Fuck it. (laughs) They can make a new game. I think they tried making it. No, they made a MOBA. Right? They made a MOBA and that was such garbage. (laughs) Yeah, it was garbage. It was garbage. I'd say, um... Uh, Paper Beast is just launching a on PC without VR. That'd be cool. It's a short game, but that would be wait. It's cool it's launching without VR now on Steam at least. I don't know about PSVR. I um, think we'll get. I think it'll get a PS. I think it'll get uh, like if you buy you it know, for PSVR, you'll be able to play it without re- PSVR. Terminator Resistance would be short, but that'd be worth putting on the Switch. Would it be able to run on the Switch? I think so. Yes. The um, let's see, oh, uh, Odin Spear. I think that's gonna stay on. That's no, Odin Sphere's coming. It's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm like 100 like no, sure it's an, Odin Sphere will no, make its way to the Switch. No, it's a, it's an Atlas game. Okay, it's, it's, and uh, every Atlas game that's made by them has been made is a PlayStation exclusive. No, it's not. Yeah, would you like to name one that's not an Atlas, Atlas game? Oh. No, no, no. That's made by the. Atlas. That's not Vanilla made by the, right, Vanillaware. Right, right, right. Every Vanillaware game is a PlayStation exclusive. I think oh. Odin Sphere will come. Well, not too. not quite. Just Muramasa Mur- was on the was on Wii. Yeah, and Odin Sphere's on PC. So, but like you're right. I think you got tongue twisted, Corey, because you said you said uh, every every Vanillaware game Sorry. is exclusive. But I think you meant to say Atlas. But yeah, um, no, no, no. But Vanillaware, like most of it, unless it's on PC, mo- all their all console part is is always on, except for but um, if I'm correct, Marmusha was uh, uh Miramasa was a uh, is a collab though. If I'm correct, uh-huh. I could be wrong. But like I said, when yeah. you look at it, Dragon's Crown is a Vanillaware game. That's only. I would on like. I would like to see all the Grasshopper games get ported to the. Switch. I would love to see. See what I was going to come out with is not really uh, games. Uh, 
I was not going to say games. I was just going to say genres. They need more action. And what I think is like action, semi-open world vi- games. Uh, like all the old Metal Gear Solid classics. Uh, they need to redo all the Travis, uh, the, you know, like the No More Hero I, games. I definitely want to get No More Heroes 1 and 2 in the Switch next year. I, I, I just really think that they need to go, like, in all honesty, like Bayonetta like yeah it's good but they need more games like that they need more like dealt because i think that's something that the switch can handle it's loading a level it's loading the the area it already knows what's coming it's just like it's games that could run yeah devil may cry 5 could probably it should be able to run on that like it would have been really cool to get um to get Kingdoms of Olimar remastered, it would have been really cool to get that on the Switch. Well, like, I don't that, know why. And that's what I mean. Like Games like that should really come to the Switch. I think that the Switch needs games that I can pick up, play a level, or play put it, it five to ten minutes, put it down. And the problem is, right now, the games that we're seeing that are these made for Switch, like I get it, The Witcher and stuff like that, they're big games. I want small chunk games. And I want games where, um, like I say, Metal Gear Solid 5. All right, I fine, mean, then. You're going I, I, now. Pick like five or six, you know, games you would want ported over there. What's I said, Metal Gear Solid Five. I would love to see that ported it's over. Not, <laughs> but it's never going to happen because of Konami. The, Konami's never going to let the Switch is. The Switch will not be able to run Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes, it no, will. Absolute, no, it won't. It ran on the PS3. Why can't it run on? It's not. It barely Why? ran on the PS3. What are you talking about? It ran fine on the PS3. Barely ran on the PS3. It can run on the. It can run. It will do mm-hmm. fine on the Switch because, like I said, they'll do the same thing they did with the Witcher. If the Witcher Three can run on the Switch, Metal Gear Solid Five can, but it will never happen because Konami's never going to pay rights to freaking Kojima to re-release a game. Um, but with that, like, um, I would love to see the Devil May Cry series. I think, I mean, because we already, no, oh, no, Devil May Cry Four is on it, but not Five, right? My, all of them are on it except for Five. Yeah, all of them are on it. I mean, um. And like I say, the the No More Heroes, I'm surprised that we haven't seen that come over yet, because um, the PS4 got a port of it. So I don't I don't understand why we just didn't get that port moved to the Switch. It's already been made to have a controller and not be movement controls. So I don't understand. Yeah, why. man, that's just so dumb. Yeah, like the games like that, we could have so they could just literally bring out Wii Sports again. Like in all honesty, the Joy Cons work for it. I I am a a fan of Wii Sports, but like. There's Switch a lot sports. of there's a lot of games that worked on the Wii that had the neat motions that could just move over to the Switch and I don't know why like I get it there's an, another No More Heroes and I I know we're we're picking at and I get it I understand why teams don't like like you said Joe you know why does Grand Theft why does Rockstar not just make it Grand Theft Auto game for the Switch and because in all honesty I think a lot of teams right now and a lot of developers like we're sick and tired of making the same thing let's just make something new or another sequel and it's like the same thing we saw with the PlayStation a lot of PlayStation developers thank goodness uh Sony said sure and we have Ghost of Tsushima come out of that we have the new God of War that came out of that um you know we had Horizon Zero Dawn come out of that. Like, I think we have to lo- let developers move in a different direction. But I don't know how much... The problem is, is do we trust a third-party company to try to make these ports for these console, th- this depends console? Who it, is. it depends It depends who it is. Like, if if I could pick, like, a few games real quick, too, I would I would say, like, like let's, let's bring some of the old beat-em-ups back. Like, 
like where's like beatdown like beatdown was great like i want that beatdown game from 360 the, the one bouncer that, like, the ba- i would love a bouncer port it'll never happen because sony owns it but yeah um because sony owns that square game don't they I have, no, I have no idea. I just know that uh, it well, was... I know Landfill owns all the copies of it after they didn't sell at GameStop, but yeah. <laughs> I still have my copy, thank God. Like, I want a Turtles game on the Switch. There's no Turtles game on the Switch. That makes me angry. Like, why couldn't they just pay the, the money to Konami to at least get it for NES Classics Library? You know what, I find, funny? You know what I find library. funny about this is, you know how many times we've all mentioned Konami trying to, like, make things for the Switch? <laughs> Yeah, fucking Konami sucks. All, man. all, all, all of us want Konami games released for the Switch. Like, 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 honestly, like Konami struck gold with their collections last year, right, Roberto? Like those three collections they put out. Kind of, yeah. I mean, if Konami like, just remade their entire library on Switch, we, they would be making. Gold. What if they just made it? What if? What if they just put out a Ninja Turtles collection and charge like N- Ninja Turtles, Melier Solid? Uh, yeah, like let, let's see, Castlevania, like. I mean, they could put out a lot of collections on the Switch. Pay, and... pay some licensing fees and get some shit on there. Like, that's my problem with Nintendo. They're damn cheap. Like, like look at all the games we got for the online service. And those are technically ports. If you want to talk about ports, like, we don't get very many good ones because they have to pay rights to get them. And they're, they're like, frugal now. Like, back in the Wii U day, they were like, fuck it. Or the Wii U and the Wii day, they were like, fuck it. We got everything on here. We got Sega Genesis. We got Master System. We got this. We got that. We got this and that and the other. But now, like, they're not willing to pay the money anymore. And I don't get why, because they have such a bigger install base now and they're not willing to pay the money. It just, it just baffles my mind. It's like, I don't think Nintendo can keep going with their $20 a year subscription service and only give us a free game. Like every couple months, like because we've come accustomed to get a free one every month. And I would pay $60 a a month or a year for Nintendo online. If they gave me a game every month, I would. Well, exactly. If they gave me a quality game yeah. every month, I would, I would, I would subscribe, hundred percent. And like, or if every year that you're a member without lapsing your membership, they gave you like a player's choice title, like you got to pick from like a list of like Mario Tennis or Splatoon or like at the end of your year, like that would be a cool incentive to make sure you keep your membership going. Like I, I think Nintendo's got to start figuring out a way to to get good to get more people to port games to their system because like 13 13's not even coming to switch is it roberto it is but it's going to be revealed at a later date yeah well that's how that's how a lot of we that's how a lot of these games are going and like i said that's the big thing i mean i think we hit the nail on the head though i think really what we need to see switch do is switch just needs to make the movement of uh moving to older games possibly and porting them over and making them better instead of trying to run these games that are like crazy big and expansive on the on the bigger consoles and i think that's what really switch should look at doing like if anything switch should become the new remaster machine oh exactly because ps5 and and you know xbox series x are going to go towards making new games like the switch should just take advantage of this and just start licensing the shit out of everything Oh, exactly, and then and like, then people will master this game and this game and this game and this game and this game because they'll run on it. Like I want, like the one game I want beyond any other game remastered on the Switch, and this is how I'll end my argument for porting. I want Fallout Three. I think everyone would buy it if it got ported to the Switch because it's been long enough since Fallout Three has been out 
that people haven't played it in years and it would sell. I think you need to talk to Phil Spencer about that one. Oh yeah, fuck him. Fuck fucking stupid <laughs> Xbox. Any closing comments for you, Roberto? When we it kind of deviated much deeper into other things I didn't expect. Um, no, that just um, it's an interesting con- like situation at this point. I think that there's always a thrill of having things ported and having, especially for the system, given its unique nature of being on the go. And I feel that there's so much more that could be done regarding first-person shooters, tactical games, vehicular games. And I feel that there that the potential for that is still there, despite the fact that PlayStation 5 is on the horizon. Xbox One's about to launch. Well, Series X is about to launch, I should say. And games are, are going to be very different from here on out. Nintendo's going to have to really... Is gonna is probably has its ducks in a row, or they're trying to prepare, and they're struggling, obviously, because of the fact that COVID's happened. We're not getting conventions next year, so we're looking at a, a, a very reliable, like they have to rely on the digital future at this point, uh, for the time being. And I feel that when it comes to debating ports, debating whether or not to port something, that's going to come into play and either be cast aside or be important. There might be someone out there thinking you know let's just go ahead and take a port and port this game to the switch whether it's something that's decades old like jet set radio or something that is brand spanking new and you didn't think it could run and there you go it runs so it's it's like i think that nintendo's just gonna have to really kind of like they're gonna be in an interesting position do they want to make a temporary thing like they're doing now with mario and now fire emblem or do they want to provide more tools, resources, maybe even a better cut for those that make a port to the game, to the system. So there's a lot of stuff in that regard. And um, there's been bad examples. There's been like W2K18. There's been, uh, you know, the the Outer Worlds, which, well, it just got patched up and supposedly it's way better. I haven't tried it yet. I mean, that's how long after though, right? Like that's, I think that's the big thing. Approximately. Yeah, I think that's the big. In June or July. So we're looking at, you know, six months, three, four months. Yeah. Yeah, And and I think that's the big problem, right? I think that's the big thing we were talking about is the, I think switch ports are getting better now because we're having companies that are not just going, okay, switch is hot right now. Let's get this stuff out. And I know uh, COVID kind of like, you know, uh, made that, uh, uh, a bigger thing as well like where basically everyone was buying up switches and wanting to buy games and so everyone was just rushing to like get ports out and things like that um and like i say now with a lot of companies now taking their time and this next gen coming out it's really hard to say what Nintendo's going to do uh if they are going to release a new console if they're really going to just stick to it being a remaster machine or are they going to look at going trying to move forward so it can just play the newer games i mean we've Everybody knows where me and Joe sit on this. I really just would like it to be a remaster machine or, you know, play the games that make sense on a console like that. I mean, really, Switch could be the indie console that everybody is asking for. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, Yeah. But anyway, with that in mind, uh, I think we're going to end it there. And I mean, if you guys have any questions or have any responses to this episode, you can always check us out on our Facebook group. Um, with that, just uh, search at uh, Game Stuff Cast uh, in Facebook. You'll come up to our main uh, page, and then with that, just uh, you can click there on a link. It'll bring us to a private group page, 
where you can talk with us um, or you can uh, find us on Twitter at the same thing. Uh, you can find Kalai at Kalai21. You can find me at the Grounded Gamer, no E double D. Uh, Joe, where can they find you at? They can find me at Mr. TMNT84 on Twitter and PSN. Come play some games, guys. I'm lonely. And then, Roberto, where can they find you? You can find me on stackup.org, military gaming charity website, writing reviews and volunteering. We have our big call to arms event coming up uh, for Veterans Day. So please come out, support. Every dollar counts towards helping people afflicted by mental health and also uh, for veterans in need of care and in need of mental support. Um, my Twitter handle is jehut88. It's J-E-H-U-T-Y-88. I'm also writing reviews and news on MaroonersRock.com. And uh, feel free to find me on PSN or Nintendo Switch. And uh, that's it for me. Definitely uh, stay cool and stay well out there. And like I said before, guys, if you want to help us out, uh, you can support us through our extra life. Uh, we will have a link uh, set up for that soon. Uh, but for right now, just go visit ProvenGamer.com. Uh, they do have an extra, extra life link there for now. Uh, that still goes to the team. Um, but we will probably get one, our own up for just the 24-hour challenge. With that, uh, at the same time while you're there, you can do your shopping on Amazon. Click a link. Uh, and then do your shopping. It gives helps support the site as well. And don't forget about Humble Bundle. Uh, we're sponsored by them. Uh, if you do want to listen to a show that is number two, uh, you can always go listen to Trophy Horse. Um, that is done by our uh, host site, a Tricky Mick and his friends, uh, where they talk about everything but trophies. But don't worry about it. Uh, they do talk about it now a little no, bit. In all, ser- in all seriousness, like shout out to those guys. Seriously. <laughs> Um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing a podcast because, I mean, I found them and I found Kali and, you know, now we're here, you know, 150 episodes later. They just hit episode 450 last week. Congrats to you guys. Um, yeah. Keep on trucking, I guess. I don't I don't know. Yeah. And like I said, guys, it's all in ha- fun. I mean, I don't it, it, it's all fun. I mean, like Joe said, we wouldn't be where we are without them. So uh, shout out to them as well. Um, PG spoilers is also another show that I'm hoping that we can, uh, we're going to probably talk to tricky and try to see if we can get some more episodes of that up. And then, uh, for our logo too, we want to give a shout out to Isaac Sago. Uh, you can find him at Isaac Sago at dot And also our intro song is done by a band take away the ugly. And the song is called don't panic and you can find them on Bandcamp. So guys, as you know, keep on gaming and stay grounded until the next time. Sounds good. May the force be with you, everyone. Stay safe and well. Wear a mask. Guys, have a great week. Uh, we'll see you next time on Game Stuff. Uh, next week, community questions will be returning, as well as the backlog beatdown. I'll make sure to grab all that information, and we'll get that to you guys starting next week. Check you later, guys.